five, four, three, two. Hello and welcome to this episode of One Dive at a Time. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. I'm the founder and director of Neptune Warrior. I'm also a certified scuba instructor. Our organization is all about healing heroes one dive at a time. Hey, I'm going to start off with telling you about a story about a diver named Alan who was diving a earthen dam, checking out, looking, uh, checking the area out, looking for bottles and old artifacts. As you know, old earthen dams created back in the 1718 and sometimes even the 1900s to hold back a body of water. A lot of times that, you know, is an old river or an old creek and they created a lake or a pond by using earthen dams, a lot of times you can find artifacts. Well, if, uh, if you got a lot of stuff going on during that dive, you can quickly lose track of where you are. And as things get a little more out of control, pretty soon what can happen is you can find yourself rolling over the top of that dam and then being thrust into a river where you can find yourself hitting rocks and getting tossed around highly turbulent waters. And as you look up, sometimes there's passerbys who may or may not be willing to help or even know how to help you. And you know that at the end of that river where it terminates is over a waterfall. What I want to talk about this week is really the reason why Neptune got started, and that is helping those who have thoughts of suicide or harming themselves, helping to identify that and provide that first aid for them. John Weirs and I just finished up a intensive two-day workshop on the applied suicide intervention skills. Uh, it's assist training and highly interactive, highly emotional, a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of application that goes along with it. And it's a way to prepare us for those conversations when someone is thinking about harming themselves or taking their own life. Well over 400 people in the state of Idaho alone opted for suicide. And one of the focuses of our organization is to put that to a stop. So special thanks to Jenna Turner and Christina Sermansky, both members of Neptune, that allowed us to come in and work with the uh, work alongside the Idaho National Guard as they did their assist training this last weekend. The story of Alan is a metaphor of what can happen. And while Alan was not a diver, Alan was a person. Alan was a person that I served with. Alan was someone who 
had pressure after pressure after pressure added on them, and pretty soon they went over that dam. And I really wish this training had been available when I was a young airman. Because when Alan was sent home because he couldn't adapt to the military environment and nobody handled his heart correctly and his career was not handled correctly, his mental health was not handled correctly, he went home, he put on his dress blues and he took his life. He was the reason why I started Adventure IQ. And he's, his memory is still a major force in why I created Neptune. We've got to be more aware of what is happening around us. And I felt that it was really important for, as an organization to give us the tools to be a suicide-safe environment and build that suicide-safe community. That river of suicide has a tremendous domino effect. There's a lot of things that add to the pressures that lead someone down that path. And you never know what it's going to be. It could be a loss of job. It could be disappointing someone. It could be... Uh, you know, family. You know, problems problems with family. It could be a mental illness. There's all these different things, and I just want to put us in a better position so that we, you know, when we see actions and someone begins to withdraw from our group or withdraw from their family and friends, withdrawing from school, they start losing interest in things. We see impulsive or reckless behavior. We see people doing things to, to harm themselves. We see these extreme behavior changes. I want us to to understand that that is something and, and not be afraid to ask if someone is thinking about harming themselves or contemplating suicide. You know, when we're at a dive site and when someone says, well, hey, you know, pretty soon I don't have to worry about it. All my problems are going to end soon. Or you have no idea what I'm going through. Or I'm, I'm a burden to everyone. I, I, I want to see our team have the skills to be able to, to intervene and say the right things. And when you have people who are desperate and angry and feel guilty or they don't feel like that they add up, you know, a big part of our community, I, w- I want our community to be that accepting community that when someone feels like that, or, or maybe even prevent someone from even feeling like that. But help them as, as we connect with their, you know, their thoughts around suicide. And help them understand that, you know, you know here's, here's your choices. We're here to support you. And how do we turn you away from that? And how we build out this plan to keep you safe right now. So that workshop is all about the first aid component of it. You know, it's it's uh, 
you know, one of the analogies that, that they give in classes, all those different actions and words and feelings are kind of like balloons that they hold up. And it's like, hey, you know, I mean, when you see balloons in a crowd, you can't help but notice it. You know, just like in diving, if you're swimming along, you've got great visibility and someone's, you know, inflating a lift bag. And just imagine that on the, on the side of that lift bag, it, it had things like giving away possessions or impulsive, reckless behavior. And I just can't take it anymore. You want to you want to see that signal, right? Or it's like a surface marker buoy. You see it popping out of the water, and it's got those words written on it. They're holding up that balloon, and what they need for us is as, as a fellow diver just to come along and notice that and start giving them some some help. Because once they once they let go of that balloon, man, I mean it's it's gone. Like I said. A moment ago, over 400 people in Idaho took their life uh, last year, and th and those are things that directly, you know, that that's part of our mission is to turn people away from that suicidal behavior and help to keep them safe. How do we keep them away from that dam? Because once they hit that river, it starts flowing really, really fast. What I learned over the past two days is that as a caregiver, that there are certain things that we can say and certain things that we can do to better our odds of helping to save a life. You know, when we start seeing those invitations of, of those words that, you know, that I, that I was just talking about or those actions I was talking about, you know, that's, that's where we have, you know, we've got to be a community that's not afraid to use the word suicide and be very, be very upfront and say, hey, are you thinking about harming yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? So, I, guys, I highly recommend this workshop. I mean, there's so much, so much that we can be doing. Did you realize that 1 in 20 people today have thoughts of suicide? That means every time I go out to my dive site, I've got one to two people that are thinking about suicide. Out of our workshop, we had someone who was a nurse. We had a chaplain assistant. We had uh, two law enforcement individuals and then 10 other folks, including you know finance, uh, people involved in finance, volunteers, everything else. 60% at one point. Now, this is a class of people that are working to help others stay alive. But 60% of our class at one point had suicidal behavior. 60% had been a helper. And out of all of us in that workshop, I mean, officers, enlisted, civilians, veterans, only 50% of us felt partly prepared. Everybody in that class has a touch point. Most of us had were in leadership or positions of, of influence. So it was it was a pretty it was a pretty incredible you know it was a it was a, a pretty great incredible opportunity and we learned so much out of that. So we you know it's like I said it's, it's interactive. We had a chance to to learn. The what they call the PAL model, 
and not only learn the model, it wasn't just a bunch of PowerPoints. We actually learned uh, through interactive scenarios on how to how to go in and keep people safe now, and then turn over, you know, t- turn other people, you know, turn them over to other people to, you know, for for um, for assistance. So again, it's two day workshop. The third day was actually for the SIO officer. I had the opportunity to attend that, and one is I'm just man. I mean, I am emotionally drained because it took me back not only to my own story because I shared my I got to share my own story, but also sharing stories of other people that I that I have known that have either been on that path and either had an interrupted suicide or they turned from suicide, and in some cases were it was a completed suicide. And looking back at all of these cases, I can look back and go, wow, I mean, I see all the things that were contributing to someone's suicide. And then hitting that river, you know, if, if, again, if you think about being on one side of that earthen dam, all the things that are contributing to suicide, they go over the dam. Now they have the thoughts of suicide, and then they're in this raging river. And if you go up, like locally, if you go up around Lucky Peak or Arrow Rock, you know, it's like once once someone goes over that dam, now they're in, in this, you know, turbulent river. There are there are spots where it's not as turbulent, but then it gets turbulent again. There are opportunities where you can reach out and you can assist. You can give that glimmer of hope and get them over to the banks where they can get help. But if they're still in that river, it's and, and in those turbulent times, man, things can go wrong really, really fast. And for someone who's going through that at that time, it's just like when you've got that that mask on, right? When you've got your scuba mask on, you don't have 180 degree peripheral vision. You've got like these blinders that are that are on the sides. You can't see that glimmer of hope. You can't see there's other answers that are out there. Because those blind spots are, you know, you've got blind spots in, in the frame in itself. So we learned a lot about connecting with suicide. And exploring those invitations. And we look at for those actions like withdrawing or loss of interest or words that they might say. Things like, you know, no one can help. Or, uh, you know, starting to, you know, the, the loss of health or getting angry, loss of libido, those kind of things, right? Those are all invitations. And when someone talks about that or shares that with you, that's an invitation for, hey, I need help. And this is the point where we've got it, where we can't get distracted. We've got to put down the phone. We've got to stop setting up our dive gear. We've got to stop thinking. And guys, I have seen this firsthand on one of my dive sites. A few years ago, we wound up having, I wound up having a intervention discussion with this diver because I saw them reaching out to someone else. My vehicle is parked right next to where. These other two folks were, were putting their stuff together. And just listening to the conversation, I could tell that one of those divers was really, really, really hurting. And their dive buddy said, hey, you know what? Let's talk about this later. Let's just go knock out this dive. And when they came back, that conversation never started up again. And so I did reach out to that diver that night gave him a call on the phone and said, hey, I couldn't help but hearing the conversation, do you want to talk? And quite honestly, without 
I wish I'd had this training at that point, even though that person did turn away from suicide. I really wish I'd had this training because I'll tell you what, I mean, my, it, the adrenaline was going so hard once they said, yeah, I'm actually, and it took a few moments because I got a couple of, no, no, not really. No, I'm not really thinking about that. No, I'm okay. And then when I asked either the second or third time, I said, hey, I just want to make sure you're safe, that you're not thinking about hurting yourself. And this person came back and said, yeah, actually, I'm thinking about taking my life. I mean, every, the alarm bells go off. I've told you the story about Joe who texted me the next day, hey, thanks for letting me go diving. And I said, hey, don't worry about it. I'm really glad you joined us. And then came back and said, I, uh, I was thinking about taking my life, but instead I went diving. I thought that that was the end of it. Now, fortunately, Joe has gone on to get help. But knowing what I know now, I left Joe in a very, very vulnerable position. That until this weekend, I had no idea. So there's, there's some reasons why we do want to ask if they're thinking about suicide. We want a yes or a no. If they're going to hurt themselves or if they, if they are thinking about suicide. Because we need to know that he answer. We also need to make sure that they don't think, you know, we know that they're, we're not going to think badly about them. We're not going to hold them in contempt. We need to make sure that we clearly state that we are talking about suicide. We need to let them know that we care about what they're thinking about. So we, we you know we need to get away from from being afraid of that. The other thing I learned about was helping them understand their different choices, and that you know while you know and there's times we're choosing life. You know, it, it can't be difficult for them because they're not sure how to solve their problems. I mean, at this at this stage, you know, we've identified that they're you know that, you know we're connecting with suicide. We're we're you know we're talking about those invitations that they've sent out. We've asked them the question, and I think and this is true for me. You suddenly want to jump into solving their problems, and that's not the priority. The priority is really making sure that that diver is safe. That's why we have to go through the steps and hear their story. Make sure that we're connecting with them. Make sure that they understand that they're being heard. Put down that cell phone. Put down that dive rig. Don't just go do the dive. Sit there and talk to them. And Because if you can talk to them, if they say, yes, this is what I'm thinking about, it gives them an opportunity to de-escalate. It's going to slow things down. They're no longer in that turbulent river. They're now in a part of that river where we can now throw them a lifeline. We can start to slow things down and we can begin to start to turn them to safety. I know that one of the, one of the areas where I've been at fault is I start focusing on long-term stuff. You know, we, we have to find, I've, I've got a tattoo that has, has a semicolon. It, it's the, I got your six, I-G-Y six, but right on the left-hand side of that tattoo is a semicolon. And that semicolon means everything after. You know, nothing nothing in my life before matters until that semicolon. And then, then we're looking forward. 
So we've got to find the semicolon in our life. This is the point where we put that semicolon in there and we recognize that there's stuff that's gone on in their past. But now what is the glimmer of hope? You know, we got to get them to the bank and find reasons for turning to safety. We've got to get them to a point where they reject suicide and they start getting ready to focus on safety. Get them hopeful about something. Because everything's going to be uncertain. The long term is definitely uncertain. But help build a safety plan. Because the safety has to come first. We put up safety guards. Hey, do you have anything with you right now where you could hurt yourself? If you know it's a person who has access to pills or guns or anything else, you know, hey, how were you thinking about taking your life? Well, I've been saving up prescription pills because of pain. Okay, so now, now we've got to put, put up those safety guards. We've got to secure those meds. We've got to stand shoulder to shoulder with them in that. We've got to write out that safety plan. Dive slates are great for that. And by the way, if this happens up on a dive site, I can tell you right now, if I'm, if I'm working with someone in this conversation, I will shoo you away. And I'm pretty sure John will do the same thing. So if you're up on a dive site with me and, and I'm having a conversation with someone and I tell you to back off, please back off. Because that's the point where I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with that person. We might have a dive slate out and we're going to write down that safe plan. On top of that, we're probably going to take a picture of the cell phone and, and text it over to, to them. This is not a world of just splashing around and having fun in the water. Obviously, we do that. But we've got to find places. I mean, this, this is a place where we might be doing what our primary mission is and reversing that trend of 22 veterans a day taking their life. One of the things I have found in this is that once my eyes have been open to this world, everything changes. I suddenly see the pain, at least much more intently, intensely, the pain that other people are feeling. And I'm seeing the pain that cripples them. And now suddenly, you know, I get thrown this mission to connect with others. And not just those who are thinking of ending their lives, but really those who are not living from the heart. And I recognize that when I found this organization, that was my, my number one passion was to make sure we're saving the lives of veterans. And I got to make sure that I stay on that focus. Yeah, getting certifications and doing trips and planning these different events, that's great. But all of that is a means to an end of saving veteran lives. And that doesn't discount my, my first responders or my civilians that are part of that are huge assets to this organization. But again, I'm talking about getting back to the primary mission of reversing the trend of veteran suicide. And I'm grateful that we're an organization that takes other people in uh, as, as part of our community, as part of our tribe. 
The other thing I learned about was making sure we've got checkpoints. Hey, asking the question, we're agreed that right now suicide is the focus. When you're having that conversation, making an agreement that safety is the focus, and then finally making an agreement that we're able to keep that person safe at that, at that point. It's like CPR, guys. And I've made this mistake because, again, leaving Joe or not having someone that Joe could reach out to or ensuring Joe could reach out to someone when I was getting on that plane. I mean, looking back, I can't imagine what it would have been like if he had texted me and said, hey, I was thinking of suicide or I was thinking of taking my life. Instead, I went diving. In my mind, it's like the end, they lived happily ever after. Now, I did check in with Joe once I, once I landed. But man, looking back, if that had been my last text with Joe, that would have been horrible because I would have stopped CPR midway through. I mean, we're now talking about suicide. And looking back, I really wish that with Joey, I could have gone back. And uh, even though he's safe, I mean, I don't ever want to go through taking those chances again. So, man, I got, I mean, I, I got to tell you, we learned, we learned so much about, about, uh, about, about this topic and how to make Neptune a, a suicide safer community. So what I want to do going forward is this is something that we are going to incorporate in Neptune as really part of really a part of our a part of our community. I'm going to reach out find out how we can get can get more people trained. By the way, there are people that need to go through this training and honestly there are people that as John and I talk, people who who may not be at an emotional state to get ready for this. I was very fortunate in the fact and I think John's very fortunate in the fact that both of us were in a good space, but I got to tell you if you're not in a good space this is not good training to go through. Wait until you are in a good space to go through it because it it brings up a lot of stuff. It brought up stuff in me. It brought up stuff in, in other relationships that I've seen. I mean, I, I had skeletons and ghosts knocking on my door <laughs> with this thing. I mean, it brings up a lot. And then on top of that, you're hearing other people's hurts and other people's experiences for it. But, I, but I mean, I'm really glad that we went, went through this. I think it's a way to re-solidify what our mission in Neptune Warrior is. It's a way to refocus. So that, you know, when we are out there diving, we can see when Alan is getting a little too close to the dam. Maybe that's a good opportunity to to intervene at, at that at that point, or once we do hear that Alan has gone over the the dam and is thinking about suicide, contemplating suicide, and helping the Allens of the world understand their different choices and then assisting with their life and getting them on onto a safe plan. The biggest thing I want for this community is making sure that every individual understands that they matter. 
I know that there are times I get really overwhelmed in meeting the needs of everyone. And that's where I need the help of my community members is to be there to check on others when I miss it or when people off my leadership team miss it. Also take care of our leaders. I've got some great dive leaders and I've got some great people in the organization that even though they may not be in a dive leader position, but they are truly leaders within the organization and they really look out for others. If you're not directly involved with Neptune, you may not see us out on a dive site. You may not be participating with us. You may not even be in Idaho. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And I don't ask for a lot on the show. I'm going to ask that you reach out, whether it be on Facebook or even better, <laughs> calling, calling our number and just provide some encouragement to the people that are doing such good work. Again, that number is Erico 208-254-0436. We've got to take care of our caregivers. Man, I really hope I'm not dragging you down. Actually, I don't care if I'm dragging you down. I'm, I apologize if this is not a high motivation podcast, but this is a very real thing that we're talking about. I do not want to see anyone out of our Neptune community, number one, take their life and leave our community in that manner. Number two, I want to make sure that every diver we have is truly living from the heart. They're living through their passion of diving. They're exploring passions in life. They've got good things going on in relationships. That they drop that anger, that guilt, that feeling of worthlessness because somebody mishandled their heart. Somebody mishandled their career. Somebody mishandled their health. I want this to be a community that provides hope, that provides help, that provides that feeling of being worthy. That's all I've got for this episode. And remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right.